KCSB FM Santa Barbara 91.9. This is a KCSB sports special presentation, a conversation on sports reporting with Oscar Garcia. Oscar is a UCSB alum and former KCSB sports director and general manager. He's now a sports editor at the New York Times. Garcia spoke with our KCSB news and sports students via Zoom in January of 2021. Here is a portion of his talk, beginning with his insights into sports journalism and how he was personally interested in covering more than what was happening in the games and on the field. Sports journalism is one of those things that a lot of people come into having sort of strong opinions about what they like, what they don't like, what they think makes a story, what they think is boring or entertaining, and, and you kind of get a sense for what you want to do. At the same time, I was taking, I was taking sports management classes, which I thought was interesting, and I, that's where I started to kind of get into this idea that covering the business of sports was more interesting to me than just kind of like what happens on the field. That's that sort of sustained me throughout my career. A game is a game is a game. You know, you, the team a team wins, a team loses, and then you kind of like do it all over again the next the next week or the next couple of days. And especially nowadays, people are always constantly moving on to the next thing anyway. So you can't get too high or too low on one individual event, right? But the the inner workings of of sports. At, you know, sports leagues as businesses, of universities as as businesses and as actors in the sort of sports world. That became a lot more interesting to me during my time at KCSB. So I decided pretty quickly as I was kind of finishing up and being being the GM that I wanted to go into journalism and I wanted to to hone that part of the craft more. So that's what that's why I decided to apply to UC Berkeley. What's your major? Uh, at UC San Barbara? At UCSB, I was a comm major. I was a communication major with a sports management minor. Okay. I had, you know, I think the reason I got into grad school is because, uh, you know, I had the KCSB experience. I put, I put a lot of hours in, <laughs> in the station. I mean, easily a full-time equivalent. Hmm. And I also had written for the Daily Nexus a little bit. Not that much though. They let me kind of, they let me kind of moonlight a little bit and do a few articles here and there. I wasn't like a staff writer or they're like, I wasn't writing their gamer on, you know, the NCAA basketball tournament or the NCAA soccer tournament either. I got, I got to experiment a little bit with them and I got to know their sports directors and others pretty well. And we just, we just got to talk about the craft, you know, like the biggest asset you have there right now is just getting to talk to people who are interested in the same topic as you. And you just have all this room for brainstorming, coming up with really great story ideas and really just elevating your ideas beyond what you can do yourself. That's really what journalists do a lot of the time. We observe something that happens in the world and we synthesize it with other journalists in order to make it more interesting and make it more relevant and better. So that's, that's why I went to Berkeley. When I went to Berkeley, I thought at the time that I was gonna wanna transition from radio into television. So I, I did their television news track and I learned how to shoot video. I learned how to edit video. I learned how to put together stories for television. But in between my first and second year, I got, a, I got an internship at the Santa Rosa Press Democrat, which is a, which is a pretty good newspaper in Santa Rosa up in the you know, north, of, north of Sonoma in the Bay Area. And that was really good training for me for figuring out what the newspaper medium was like and figuring out how to write and figuring out how to carry stories and not be so dull. From there, I graduated uh, I graduated after two years at Berkeley. That was a two-year program. And I was offered an internship at the Associated Press in Los Angeles. 
So I spent three months there and uh, that was really formative for me. I got, I, I got to do a lot of really great stories, both in terms of breaking news. Uh, I got to do some enterprise, some features, got to do some entertainment. I did some like red carpet stuff and, and just like showbiz Hollywood kind of reporting. And you know, the thing that I learned there that I remember is that like, I didn't really want to be an entertainment reporter. And I told my editor that, and it showed in the writing. I, I, he could tell how dry it was and how uninterested I was. And I realized at that point that I wasn't always going to get to choose my assignment. I shouldn't have been such a prima donna about it. And I should have recognized what was newsworthy about what I was covering and just kind of lean into that or try to make it something that would be a little bit more interesting. So from there, really, career has just been kind of like using the building blocks from what I've learned from my previous jobs and from what I learned at KCSB and at Berkeley and just, just building on it and, and, and figuring out kind of a path of a career. I was a reporter for four years in Las Vegas. And at the end of that time, they started asking me if I had thought about becoming a news editor. And for me, that was kind of, a, that was kind of an odd question because I always thought that I was going to be a reporter for the rest of my life. Like I thought I, I'm going to write, I'm going to just, uh, I'm going to be doing interviews, I'm going to be breaking news. I placed a really high premium for myself on breaking news and having scoops. But then when other mentors that I had professionally started talking to me about being a news editor, they really started to describe some of the stuff that I was doing at KCSB and figuring out how I was helping other reporters and that I used to get a kick out of that too. By the time I was done being GM at KCSB, I was helping people launch music shows. I was helping people put together stories for sports and for news. And I was just generally trying to help people figure out how they could get their best experience at the station. And that's not a whole lot different from what being a news editor is in real life. You kind of take, you take your experiences, you give wisdom to reporters to help steer them in the right directions. And you kind of give them what they sort of need and help make up for the things that they're not either naturally inclined to, or they're not, they're not as strong at. So yeah, so sometimes, sometimes that's the writing, sometimes that's punching up the reporting, sometimes that's asking different questions to help them figure out how to frame a story and figure out what, you know, what the gist of uh, why their reporting actually matters. There, I, 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 that's, that's kind of a long meandering answer to your question, but I think the, I think the big key is, is that KCSB really was the foundation and everything sort of built up from there. So now, if you look at the progression from where I was when I came in as a sophomore, just wanting to do sports because I was interested in sports to now like being a deputy sports editor who I like sports, it's great, but I don't necessarily see my career as only being about sports or that that's going to be where I end up in the, in the paper in the future. When you said your writing was dry when you were covering certain topics, how would you uh, flush that out a little bit? What do, you, what do you mean by that? Sure. So like, if you're writing, if you're writing about something that you don't care about or that you don't, that you're not interested in, it can be really easy to, to write very straightforward and without any voice and with, without any authority. And it shows, it just shows, it's the same as, it's the same as a script, right? Like if you are writing that young reporters struggle with anyway, because young reporters are so concerned with, uh, with getting everything, with getting all the facts right, getting all their information down and kind of packing everything into a story that's at least coherent. 
and also let's be honest some reporters are also just scared doing something and having it not work so they try to do something that they know will work and then it just kind of ends up being a little bit dry and you kind of need to punch it up like the the worst thing you could do on a game story but it happens all the time and it, and it, a lot of reporters write it is regina jones scored 14 points and had eight rebounds and led the UCSB Gauchos to a 64-46 win on Saturday, right? There, there are literally algorithms for that, that can write that based off of the box score that, that, that do that now. The, the advantage that you have is that you're a human. You can do reporting. You're observing this with your own eyes, with your own ears. You can ask questions. You can interview folks. You want to bring something to the table that you can't get just off of a box score or just by reading a score. You uh, sh- share some other ways you honed your new sense and abilities as a writer and editor at Cal Berkeley and with yeah. the AP and the New York Times. Doing different kinds of assignments, features, enterprise, breaking news, having all kinds of different deadlines, working in all different mediums was really important. You know, learning how to put together audio, things about the craft, like how to do clean transitions how to get room tone, figuring out how to pack a story into a minute 30 and actually sticking to that time limit rather than letting yourself float and go to two and a half or whatever it is, right? You need to prompt yourself to make decisions about storytelling and presentation in all kinds of different scenarios that allow you to do things with intention. You don't just want to throw things together or do things in a way that make you comfortable. Uh, every single time. Right now, we have this conversation every single day at the Times where we wonder, do we want a narrative story to tell? Is this is the narrative story the best way to tell this story? Sometimes it is. Sometimes that's what's best for everybody involved. And that's great. But other times it's not. Other times it's it's a video. Other times it's doing a podcast. Other times it's having like an interactive presentation that's optimized for mobile or for the desktop that's that's not that doesn't work at all in in print. You just mentioned to me yesterday, like you you had a breaking story, Don Sutton, <laughs> the former Dodger, but also uh, he played with several teams in the major leagues. Died just yesterday at age seventy five, and so that would be really different. Like how you all cover that and the decision decisions you have to make in the sports desk covering a seventy five year old's like breadth of career for, for, as a broadcaster as a as a Hall of Fame player, that's really going to be different than the skills you got, you know, creating video, which is kind of an expectation, it seems to me, like the breadth, that there's an expectation for print journalists now that you have a breadth that you can do the video work, but also write an obituary or something that's, more substantial. That's very, very true. I mean, the, the one thing that you have to put a premium on, though, is idea. You know, I get job candidates all the time who come to me and they say, I can do it all. I can write, I can edit, I can shoot video, I can do photos, I can, you know, I can do whatever you want me to do, whatever the assignment is. And I say to them often, I say, okay, let's pretend you have the job and you're a reporter for me right now. What are the three ideas that you want to write right now? And a lot of times that trips people up and you can tell they're, you can, you know, you can tell they're BSing. It's just like what I do right? <laughs> no, I mean, you, you can tell when somebody's trying to come up with an idea on the fly and they haven't thought about it. I think the best thing you can do for yourselves right now, whether you're covering sports or news or, or just trying to hone your journalism skills, 
is start keeping a file of ideas. They don't have to always be fleshed out, but just things that you're interested that you want to look into more. Maybe it's it's a, it could be as simple as they used to have hand sanitizing stations outside of AS and now they don't anymore, right? What's up with that? Did they like run out of money for this? Just come up, you can come up with these ideas and you can kind of tackle them as you go. So that's one thing. To get back to your Don Sutton example, so Ted and I were talking last night about this and I had to put off our phone call by about half an hour while I was figuring out what we were going to do with this Don Sutton obituary. Before that, I was working on a story about Conor McGregor, the UFC star. He got stewed by a woman in Ireland who is accusing him of rape. We actually got the documents that nobody could get in this lawsuit and had details of them. And I was working with our reporters on what we could report and was working with our lawyer, what we could report and how we could make that work. We kind of got that story together. I helped them edit it once the writers put it together. And as we pushed that out and got that out the door, Don Sutton died. And we were already reporting on several pieces of baseball news because the Mets fired their general manager because he got caught you know, sending some naughty texts to a reporter. He was immediately fired and we, we were writing a story about that. So my job was to, was to sort of juggle all of those different things and figure out who was going to do what and how we were going to take it on as, as part of our report. So it goes back to what I said earlier. It's, it's all a series of little decisions that you, you know, you build your experience on to sort of know what direction you kind of need to go on kind of need to go and you you learn how to juggle these different priorities and figure out how to give your attention put your reporters in the best position to succeed i'm actually really interested in what you guys have to say about this because i'm of the opinion that game stories are getting less and less relevant in general it's almost like in the news equivalent it's almost like covering a board meeting or covering a city council meeting just to cover it, just just to say you were there. It's a really boring story to say like the city council met on Wednesday night. You go and you kind of write a story on merit. You assess, maybe you assess whether you go at all based on what the agenda is or, or things like that. I know for the times, we we are much better utilized when it comes to deeper looks at uh, strong features, at, at enterprise reporting, at breaking news that's really difficult to report on. If somebody wants to find out what's going to happen in the ring between Conor McGregor and his opponent, they're not going to go to us. They're not going to go to me. They're going to go to ESPN, most likely. Now that said, for UCSB Sports, you guys are that authority because there aren't, you know, there aren't other people who are covering that. So you have an interesting juggle of what do you do with it? How is that interesting? And, and what's your responsibility? What do you feel like you can do best in service of your listener? I kind of wish I could experience something like this from your shoes. I mean, you guys have access to so many things that I don't right now. And because you're students, you have a relationship to the athletes that others don't have. I mean, it's easier, it's easier for you to connect with athletes and meet them where they are. I mean, these are people who you have classes with. You can, you can get to them in the directories you know, you probably have a better idea of what they're actually up to and what's what's actually going on. I mean, it's harder to do that from afar, but I think that what you have to do is you have to kind of like look at look at the advantages that you have and look at the opportunities that are being presented to you, you know, because sports is just in a really odd place right now. The other thing that goes with that is that 
because sports is in a weird pandemic place, you really can do no wrong. Nobody's ever gone through a time like this before. So there are really no wrong answers. You should try stories. And if they if they work, that's amazing. If they don't work, it's okay. Move on to the next one. Everybody else does. People forget bad stories all the time. I know I've worked on thousands of terrible stories over the years. One thing that's different maybe with gaucho athletics uh, now than you know tr- almost 20 years ago when you were at KCSB is that they're creating their own media around it in a more fleshed out way. They can do play by play. They can stream their own games, hire former KCSB staff or others to play those roles. So that that creates competition. So what do you think that means to a department like KCSB Sports that athletics kind of doesn't need us in the same way they might have need a broadcast entity in the same way they might have? You know, when I was there, I had this attitude that we needed athletics. But the truth is, it's, it's the other way around. They need you a whole lot more then you need them. And that goes for everybody you're covering. In the news department, the university will act like they that they don't need KCSB news or that KCSB news should depend on the university. But the truth is, is that they need you. <laughs> they need you to do good journalism. They don't need you to like, they don't need you to put out their press releases or, and the, and the athletic department doesn't need you to kind of sprout their ideas, but your organic interest in what they're doing and and really challenging them and uh, and asking them smart questions and doing good reporting. I mean, that's that's better for the UCSB community as a whole. That's a huge responsibility and a huge undertaking. I I would look at it as I would look at it as, as a relationship where you don't necessarily need to be happy with each other all the time. It, you know, it, when at times when you're a thorn in their side, they might be mad at you for they might be mad at you for a day. They might be mad at you for a month. But if you're in pursuit of sincere journalism and you're right, then uh, most people will see value in that in the long run. So how, how have your stories and angles yeah. changed since the pandemic? How did you find content? But how, how did print journalists keep the sections alive when there wasn't as much happening? We wrote about the classic games on TV. That was one <laughs> of the, no, just the fact that they were happening. There was a meeting in March. I remember when everything shut down. It was in mid-March. It was right before the NCAA tournament because the the conference tournaments were going on. A few of them had finished, but then you had some of the big ones like the Pac-12 and the Big Ten that were still going, Big East. When sports shut down, we had this meeting like, oh my gosh, what are we going to cover? And then what happened was, is it just never let up. You know, you ask anybody in our department, we feel like we didn't get an off season last year because as soon as sports ended, the news shifted immediately to like, how are we going to get back? And is sports dead is like, you know, are we able, are we going to be able to host live events in some way at all anyway? Mm -hmm. Then it was, okay, if you can come back, how are you going to do it? We broke a story about Las Vegas. Some Las Vegas casinos were proposing this bubble concept. You, you guys have probably heard of the NBA's bubble in Walt Disney World. Well, in Las Vegas, some hotels on the Strip were proposing that to the NBA, to the NHL, to basically anybody that they could to get people to stay in their hotel rooms. We were able, we were able to break news on that. We, we did a series called Time Out. 
where we just talk to athletes about what they were doing with their break. It can be as simple as that. If you have you have players who are planning on one thing, they were training for a season, and then it's not happening. Just talking to them about their experiences and kind of how they're going through the same things you're going through, there was a lot of value. In on the college sports front, I mean, the co college sports has been a goldmine of stories for us because college sports has a different relationship to the actual teams than professional leagues do. I mean, you have, you have players who are not paid. You have universities who are pulling the strings or sometimes not pulling the strings because they have athletic departments that are working, that are working on their own. And there's big money involved and giant television contracts. And there, there was a lot of back and forth about should they play college football? Should they play, should they play spring sports like, or winter sports like basketball and, and should, should they play baseball and track and field and all these things. And we ended up with like a series of these decisions that just came down. And by the time the football season had rolled around, we were just moving on from thing to thing to thing. Every league was figuring out what they were going to do. Baseball season came, football season came, and then it was a question of, is it going to happen? Can these entities manage these events properly? People started getting the virus while playing sports. Right. And we were seeing things like myocarditis, which is like this heart inflammation that athletes sometimes get, or that people sometimes get as, as a side effect. So these were stories that were not on our radar at all a year ago. We had plans for 2020 for the things that we wanted to cover that were not related to the pandemic. We basically put all of that stuff on hold and just went right into the pandemic. And what was that disruption? What was that effect? And how can we connect it to our daily lives? I've heard a lot of like mixed things about attending journalism grad school. And I wanted to know like specifically coming from UCSB, how has that experience been now that you're in your career? Like what were the main takeaways you got from that experience or connections. Yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely wouldn't be where I am in my career without having gone to journalism school. There's also the pushback that you're describing about journalism schools is very real and it's very justified. And I think it comes from a few different places. Just going to journalism school is not like an automatic ticket to a career. You have to make the most out of it and you have to like use it to build connections to, with professional newsrooms. Really what you're trying to get to is you're trying to get to a place where you can be in as many professional newsrooms as possible, as quickly as possible. You know, just start getting clips, just start doing journalism and pursuing ideas. For me, Berkeley was a conduit to that because when I got there day one, I started pitching local newspapers in the Bay Area. I got them to take my stories. So when I went to apply for my internship between my first and second years, I had a clip file of stories that had actually been published that they knew had been seen by other editors that they 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 knew that I was a little bit more of a known quantity you could get that now you know you could go pitch stories for the independent for the news press you could do a, you could pitch them for the nexus you can get those kinds of interactions you're talking about and, you know, that goes for radio, too. I mean, obviously, KCSB is, is a perfect conduit for that. This is a longer story, but out of KCSB, I had an offer for uh, an internship with a sports radio station that was in the Bay Area, the KNBR. You can make that leap straight from KCSB and from UCSB as well. But when people are talking about journalism school, you know, they're looking at what you actually get out of what you get out of the craft while you're there, what you're actually going to learn. 
and what connections you're making to newsrooms that are professional and what and what those mean. I was really fortunate when I came out of journalism school that people looked at Berkeley, I think for part, partly for the wrong reasons. They looked at they looked at Berkeley as just like this school where if you just hired somebody from Berkeley, you you know, they were automatically going to be a good journalist. I was a beneficiary of that for sure. I think that it's had an overall cumulative negative effect on our industry in that sometimes you don't necessarily judge the reporter and you don't really get the diversity of the report and the reporters that you really want because you're you're just kind of like homing in on experiences that you know. It's not the only path is what I'm what I'm saying to you. You don't you shouldn't feel like you should make a beeline for Berkeley or Columbia or Northwestern or USC and like that's going to be the way that you make it. Did you do any investigative journalism when you were when you were a reporter or what kind of Yeah, sure. I mean, yeah, we yeah. Stories investigative are you doing? Uh, I'll share one that we worked on that I'm particularly proud of with my sports reporters or with my sports with my college sports reporters I, I should say. The reason I'm proud of this story is because the NCAA doesn't track virus cases among college athletic departments which is a wild thing to say, right? You would think that the NCAA, that they would want to know this basic kind of number, but they don't. And we set out to figure out just how prevalent the virus was. And we ended up calling every single athletic department in the football bowl subdivision, which is the top, that's the top tier of college football, everybody in the power five. And then also in these other conferences, we asked for the universities to break out And sometimes through freedom of information requests, and sometimes through universities, and sometimes we got this data through state and through counties, we were able to put together an accounting of just how prevalent the virus was in college sports that that nobody else had done. The other thing that we found with this was that because only 78 of the 130 universities responded to us, we knew that the true number was much higher. It's probably closer to like 10,000, 10,000 athletes who have caught the virus. Getting to talk about the implications of that and exploring what that actually means, that was very meaningful work for us for the for the past year. And a, you know, Thank you for sharing that. It's pretty impressive. Uh, but what do you think are the key qualities of a good reporter or journalist to cultivate? Curiosity, an ability to listen. As you're starting out, you're going to have this inclination to want to write all your questions down ahead of time and make sure you just go down the list. That's that's a great skill to have. Make sure when you do it, you don't just like look at the next thing on your list and wait to get there. Make sure you're listening to what the other person is saying. If they're taking you in a direction that's interesting or that even maybe strays from what you initially thought, don't be afraid to go with it. Don't be afraid to pursue that. You need to you need to have really good listening skills to know when the story's evolving right in front of you. I would say that's the number one thing. Idea generation we talked about. That's just sort of adjusting how you look at the world and, and realizing that stories can come from anywhere and that maybe you should, maybe that thing that you think that only you're interested in, maybe you should do a story on it. What, what do you find uh, the most challenging and the most rewarding part of your job? The most challenging part of my job is juggling time and feeling like you're kind of like emptying a, a you know, that you're emptying a boat with a bucket. <laughs> Either you can, you can literally, I could literally work all night tonight and still have like the same amount of work waiting for me the next day. Work-life balance is something that I've always kind of struggled with throughout my career. And it's something that you, you all should pay attention to now. Like make, make sure you take care of yourself 
whatever it is you like to do, whatever it is, make sure that you do it. Don't just make it drinking. (laughs) Journalism has a real big, like work hard, play hard kind of culture. And that's, that's changed a lot. It's not really the reality of where it is now, but everybody's a workaholic. Like we all feel like we need to work all the time. And it's, it's a challenge even, even now, like if just this past weekend, we had a piece of news that broke and like, you know, I could have gotten a couple of reporters on it, but I chose to go in another direction because I knew that the people I was thinking of needed a break. A lot of times editors kind of do what's easiest for them and do like, if I do what's easiest for me, then I'm not really looking out for my reporters and doing what's best for them and what's best for all of us long-term. So you have to kind of, you have to kind of manage that and, and recognize that you're dealing with people right? Nobody's like a robot and and just able to go, go, go all the time. What's the most rewarding thing, knowing that you're doing work that is, that is actually significant, knowing that you're breaking stories that actually matter and that people are responding to it. We did a bunch of stories about name, image, and likeness legislation for student athletes. This is like the legislation that's going to allow them to get paid for things like uh, monetizing social media and other stuff. When we write a story and then have like senators citing our reporting when they're having congressional hearings or people in university presidents telling us that they're looking at our work, there's nothing that's more rewarding to that. We know that the, we know that people who really matter and who can influence decision-making are relying on us for our reporting, for our work. And that connects back to what I said to you earlier about your relationship with the sports department and with the athletic department. They're, they're paying attention to what you're doing in the same way. As much as you can tell them things that they don't know about themselves, that causes them to reflect on what they're doing. You've been listening to a KCSB Sports special presentation, a conversation on sports reporting with New York Times sports editor Oscar Garcia. Oscar is a gaucho and a former KCSB sports director and KCSB general manager. This talk took place in January 2021 as part of the KCSB Associated Students, The Bottom Line, Winter Journalism Workshops. I'm Shay Miller, KCSB News.